It's the TEH podcast, episode number 142. I'm Leo Notenboom of askleo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of macmost.com. Hey, Gary, how are things going? Things are going just fine here. How about you? What's the weather like in Denver today? Still hot. Still hot. It's weird. We we've um, it's back into the normal seventies. You know, some light rain occasionally. Right now, it's sunny. I am for some reason this year it just seems worse. Maybe it's just because of all the pandemic and other related stuff. But I'm just I'm dreading the fact that um, uh, sunset is happening sooner and sooner. The days are already getting shorter. The temperatures are getting colder. So I'm actually kind of jealous of your hotness right now. And I mean that for the, for the weather, for the weather there. <laughs> well, yeah, no, actually I went, I, I went to take the dog for a walk the other day uh, after dinner and I was expecting a sunny kind of walk and gra- grabbed the lease, grabbed the dog, walked out the door and it was like, oops, <laughs> the sun is already set. Yes. Um, and I uh, had to like, you know, okay, I'm not going to go to the park and walk around the park, you know, and then and the nice sunny day, I'll just walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we've had, we've definitely had that. So, so I had an interesting disco- discovery this morning. Actually, mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, but I missed it. Uh, I had intended to take a screenshot at exactly the rollover, the odometer rollover. Mark, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like, right? Um, uh, I have now over one hundred thousand comments uh, on askleo.com. And to be clear, those are approved comments. Those are the ones that stuck. Um, We've probably processed at least five times as many spam comments. Um, It's it's just amazing the amount of spam that websites that have comment fields um, attract. And I've got, you know, software that's automatically uh, scanning for spam and, and making it not appear. Uh, there's usually a case where we end up having to manually mark some things as spam. But over the course of, of the lifespan of the site, it's, you know, like I said, a hundred, over a hundred thousand comments. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm at 47,000, but but that doesn't count my YouTube comments. So, well, neither does mine. I mean, I, in fact, I don't even have a count of my YouTube comments in front of me. I should look at that. Yeah, I've not been can. doing YouTube as long as you have. So I'm sure that, you know, were this a competition, you would absolutely win, um, win that particular category. The, um, I've noticed too, that YouTube comments are different. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> They're just yes, different. True. Um, they tend to uh, skew, from my perspective, they skew a little bit more international and also a little bit younger, uh, which means that there are, and and a little bit more, this is odd. So the spam that I get on the website is all over the map, right? It's, it's spam specifically for, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know, sunglasses and uh, timeshares and uh, body enhancement products, and God only knows what all. I mean, there's really no sense of targeting for the spam. They're just looking for anything that has an open comment form and shoving data into it. When I take a look at the spam that I get on uh, YouTube, it seems way more targeted. For example, I will get uh, spam for hacking services on the uh, videos that I talk about, uh, where I talk about account recovery 
right? I mean, I'll basically talk about account recovery and how screwed you are if you don't have your recovery codes or any of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, and then, of course, somebody will say, oh, no, my my friend so-and-so at this account, usually on Instagram, um, got my account back in 24 hours, which is, of course, just a lie. Uh, they're just trying to get somebody's money. But I'm just, Yeah, yeah I'm, I've seen those. I've, I'm just surprised at how more targeted the spam seems to be on YouTube. I'm not sure exactly what's behind that. Anyway, anyway all yeah. this is to say, uh, you know, I've been at this for, I celebrated the 18th anniversary of Ask Leo this summer. Um, so I've been doing this for 18 years. Article number one um, is still out there uh, just because it's article number one. It has no application to anything people should actually be using today, but it's just kind of fun to have it around. It talks about Internet Explorer version six. Uh, hmm. which, okay. to, you know, back in the days of pre-Windows XP. Um, and, uh, you know, it just tells you that, yeah, there's been a lot going on. And when I take a look at the, um, I'm actually bringing this up right now, because, of course, I know some people like to prepare for their podcasts. Um, I like to prepare also, but I didn't. Hmm. <laughs> um, I have, it's over 5,000 articles on the site which is another measure of just how long and how That's, much I've been yeah, doing for this period of time. Thousand. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder how many words, you know, if you could figure out the average yeah. number of words and how many words or, or how many books, right? And how, how many, many books, books have I written fill? in the last 18 years? Right. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Um, yeah. I've got, I, uh, I'm, I just did episode 2,527. I'm a little bit ahead of what, you know, what's, it's on there. Though I don't really use episode numbers, so right. you can't really tell. But yeah, so, you know, I figured out that they average about seven minutes. So I am about 18,000 minutes or 300 hours worth of video. Uh, and to give you uh, like a general idea, that is more hours of video than either supernatural or the simpsons <laughs> i've, the I've simpsons. beaten them i've wow. beaten them both supernatural actually has more because they've got i think 15 seasons in it for hour one hour episodes right and their episodes aren't skimpy i mean the seasons aren't skimpy either they they go a lot of episodes um and uh yeah i think the simpsons is just over 200 hours or something now right and supernatural is like something like uh, 236 or 246 something like that so it's amazing so yeah, I, every once in a while I get somebody asking me if I, I've ever made all my videos available on DVD. And I'm like, that would be a quite a big box set. I was going to say, it would hours. be a box set. Yes, yeah. you, you need Blu-ray. That's the only way to go. Yeah, so many Blu-ray <laughs> Blu box set. Yeah, so yeah. That's, cr that's crazy. So um, yeah, I just double-checked and it's actually uh, 5,791 have been published mm -hmm. so far. And of course, there's, you know, some drafts in the pipeline and, and a couple that are just scheduled in the next couple of days that aren't counted. But still, that's an awful lot of stuff. And yeah. when I when I look back, when I think about, you know, what I was like, you know, 18, 20 years ago, no way would I have predicted any of this. Not at all. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Um, and what I keep, when people ask me, you know, what is it I do? Uh, you know, I talk about Ask Leo and answering people's questions. And I say, you know, there's just no shortage of questions about technology. And honestly, I don't foresee a, for a shortage at <laughs> any time in the future. Right. Um, this is this kind of stuff is job security because it's always, always changing. Um, so you've you've done a lot of content. What are your what are your I'll just call them 
secrets yeah, to, to I, productivity? How do, how, do you, how do you do this? this? I get asked this a lot. I talk to other people that create things and they're like, how have you done this since 2007 um, and just been producing this content and didn't have any like big time off or anything in the middle? Um, just uh, video after video and all of that. Just, you know, both of us have that in common. I think both of us are really at the upper end of like content production for an individual. Yes. <laughs> you know, rarely do you find anybody else, an individual that's producing so much content for so long mm -hmm. uh, without a break. Um, and I, I just trying to come out with like, why, what's, a, what's, what are our secrets or at least my secrets and came up with a whole bunch of them. Uh, the first has to go, you know, go with my, I have some training in journalism. I have a master's in journalism. I aspired to work in newspapers and did for a short period of time, very short. Um, but I got a, a deadline mentality. You know, in newspapers, you don't kind of like, oh, I, yeah, here's my article that I'm supposed to be writing today. Um, yeah, I wonder if I'll finish it today. No, you're supposed to finish it today. It's a, there's a deadline. It's five o'clock. You're supposed to have it to your editor by five o'clock. There is no not turning it in. You know, you, you finish your assignment for the day and you have another one the next day. Maybe you have several, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, the deadline mentality, I carry that over and I, I do that same thing. I've got a deadline. I need to finish this, this video today, you know, um, and just doing that every day, uh, kind of, Work. So people in newspapers, you know, newspaper journalists have been doing this for generations. Uh, so it's not new to them. Um, I just got finished reading a book. Did you, I, were you the one that recommended, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, not, I was going to say uninterruptible. Is that, that's not it. There, um, I think there is one called uninterruptible. I haven't read it. No, it's, uh, uh, it's a name like that. And I can't, I feel bad that I'm butchering the name. Uh, apparently <laughs> it'll uh, come back to you. And if it, if it, if it comes yes. back to you after the show is over, we'll include it in the show notes. I guarantee you, as I load, load my list of books, indistractable. Ah, that okay. Book. Okay. And that book actually had, uh, was more of a, like a trip down, like, Oh, these are things that I do. Uh, kind of <laughs> then, then right. here's some ideas, right. uh, commitments. So, it, you know, talks about not being distracted and getting your work done. And one of the things in there is commitments and making commitments to things as a way to make sure you get work done. So and, I've got a, uh, a funny story about commitment mentality. Yeah. Well, um, I've got that. Go I mean, cause yep. Well, yeah, I mean, my newsletter is basically my big commitment because every Thursday I come out with a newsletter. My commitment is to have that every Thursday. Now, if I only did four videos in a week, it wouldn't be the end of the world for that newsletter. But the promise is that every Thursday there's going to be a newsletter filled with new content. So I have to keep going. I have to produce my videos every week or there's nothing to put in the newsletter. Right. So, anyway, that's my commitment. What's your what's your story? Well, about? so a couple a couple of things. Actually, I'll, I'll dive into a couple of things that you mentioned as well. As you know, my background is decidedly not journalism. Um, I, I was a, uh, a software engineer for so many years prior to doing this. And uh, deadlines uh, are those things that make a funny sound as they fly by. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, what software really honestly was ever shipped on time. So the deadline mentality never really happened for me, at least not organically in terms of any prior career. Uh, and it, honestly, the newsletter is my deadline today. It's exactly the same thing that you just described. Um, I have a newsletter that comes out every Tuesday and I have a certain amount of new and updated content that I want to be in that newsletter every freaking week. And that means that I have things to do. 
by a certain time every freaking week. That's just the way it works. But it dawned on me for one thing, one of the things that I wish I would have done differently, you know, looking back over the 18 years, um, the newsletter has not been around for 18 years. It's only been around for, I think, 15. Um, I should have started it earlier. I just should have. It's one of those things where back in the day, I said, no, nah, I don't want to be a newsletter publisher. I just want to write articles on the web. Little did I know that the right way for any number of different reasons was to go ahead and dive in, get a newsletter for so many different reasons. Then and now, um, it remains one of the best ways to not just motivate yourself, but stay in contact with your tribe, with your people, the people that want to follow you. Uh, Things like social media and so forth are so unpredictable. But so one of the things that I did uh, late last year is I started a project one of the things we do in this podcast, as a matter of fact, is we will often talk about you know recent books we've read or things we've watched or, or things that have somehow struck us, usually in the Ain't It, cool, Ain't It Cool segment after we've talked about our tech for a bit. And I was doing a bad job of reading good stuff. I was you know, defocused, you know, doing, wasting time on, on other things, uh, possibly World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. And I decided that... I wanted to read better stuff on an ongoing basis. So I put together something that I called myself seven takeaways. So it was basically an idea that would force me to read something, read something substantial every day and then have a takeaway, just just condense some kind of a takeaway from something that I've read that day. Uh, And I, uh, you know, and, and it could be something in a book. It could be something in an article. It could be something in a YouTube video. It doesn't really matter. Just something substantial as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, humor, uh, mm-hmm. which is so common, or maybe even not necessarily even news items. I, I have other places for that kind of stuff. But it dawned on me, especially when the domain 7takeaways.com was available, it dawned on me that what I needed to do, what I needed to make sure that I actually do this was start a newsletter. So this project was entirely for myself. The whole idea of the newsletter behind 7takeaways is an external commitment made publicly that forces me to Every week, come up with seven substantial pieces of something. Um, Think about them and comment them. And it's been, from my perspective, it's been a great success, right? It's done exactly what I wanted it to do. Um, It just, it really, really speaks to that deadline mentality, that commitment mentality. When you've got a newsletter to produce every week and there are things that need to be in it, son of a gun, you make those things happen. Yep, uh, definitely. I practice that in a lot of different ways too. You just have to have these commitments to yourself or other people or whatever. And that's a great tool for getting things done, but they have to be real. I understand that not everybody can do that though, but that's one of the, the maybe it may be part of our superpowers here is that we can make <laughs> these commitments to ourselves. Cause I, I know other people that try to make similar commitments and then don't, which is fine. Everybody works in different ways. <laughs> Honestly, but, I think that if there's a superpower involved in this, it's in the specific implementation from both you and I, Yeah. Um, you know, your newsletter is what drives you. My ask Leo confident computing newsletter drives ask Leo. It really is the yeah. engine behind the content production. But the fact that, you know, I can over the weekend just sort of turn around and say, Oh, let's make another newsletter. 
that's absolutely not something that a lot of people can do. No, that, that um, is true. And and there are there are pieces to that that you and I have done enough times now that we know how to make it happen, mm-hmm. um, and how to how to set things up so that not only is it, you know, like in the case of Seven Takeaways, it's purely honestly for my own personal motivation, but the fact is it's relatively polished. It's in pretty decent shape. It has a website. It has an archive. It has, you know, good stuff that goes out each week and I'm getting positive feedback on it. I've actually got subscribers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's so. good. I, I subscribe to it and, and it's great. It's my favorite Sunday newsletter, which is saying something because it seems like almost all the newsletters I subscribe to are Sundays. They come out I thought, the same I thought you were about to say it was the only Sunday no. newsletter. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think of all the newsletters I subscribe to, I think I think they all publish on Sunday, but anyway, um, other things that, uh, that I do is people ask me about breaks. Matter of fact, this is a good example. This week Mm -hmm. I published, I had one come out on Monday, you know, a a video just like normal was a Monday, Mm -hmm. but it was also labor day. And so more than one person commented, Oh, look, he's even working on labor day. Well, okay. First of all, yes, I was working on labor day. (laughs) But that was unrelated to the fact that a, a, a video came out because I'm ahead of schedule, right? I don't make right. a video and then publish it. I make it approximately a week ahead of time and I publish it. And this prevents me from, you know, if I have to uh, have an emergency or something, or even just get a little sick, get a little laryngitis. I tend to get laryngitis when I get a cold or something like that, which mm-hmm. makes making videos hard if yes. you can't talk. Um, so being a little ahead is good. Being a little ahead is even good if you want to take a personal day. You know, if it's like, ah, I'm just not feeling it today. That's yep. okay. I'm a week ahead. I'll yep. catch up. Um, so I'm always ahead. That helps. It helps alleviate stress too. Yes. Uh, and it also, I'll get further ahead to go on vacation. So I do go on vacation. I do go on family vacations. And when I know one is coming up, I'll simply pick up my pace and instead of being five episodes ahead, suddenly I'm six and then seven and then eight. And the next thing I know, I'm enough episodes ahead so I can take this vacation and everything's scheduled uh, as normal. Nobody even knows I'm gone because the videos come out like normal. And then I catch up a little bit when I get back. So that's important. And it's like my secret to why it looks like I've never taken a break over the last right. you know, 14 years. I have. I just have been you know, smart <laughs> about scheduling. I do exactly, exactly the same thing, except as it turns out, my window is a little bit wider and it's not even on purpose. Uh, so the article that I literally was working on prior to starting this recording will probably publish, uh, I've got it down for September the 29th. Right. So we're looking what three, four weeks ahead. Wow. That's yeah, that's that's but that's more than again, me, but that was that was not intentional. So and and I blame COVID. So what happened was <laughs> uh I I tend to run about two weeks ahead. Uh, that mm-hmm. gives me a lot, bu- a lot of buffer. I find that, as you said, it removes so much stress from the process, and it allows you to really capitalize on the days where you're feeling productive and good, um, or you could just, you know, that day you could be a content generating machine, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of those other days where you just, you know, it's just not in you to do it. So right. with that, with that buffer, it gives you a lot of flexibility. And as you say, you know, life happens if you need to go out and do this or run an errand or do this. Uh, something else, or in my case, you know, go out on a, on a, uh, uh, an emergency call out yes. for the animal support people. It's just not an issue. You go do it and, and you pick up the, the slack other ways. What happened was towards the beginning of the COVID pandemic, um, I was planning for a week away. And so I got myself an additional week ahead. 
And then mm-hmm. the week away went away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And I just continued the pace. So mm. rather than being two weeks ahead and, or, you know, three weeks ahead. And then, you know, at some point taking of taking a week off because I could, I'm now have my three weeks ahead and I still could take a week off at any point and not feel it um, at all. Uh, it's just, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't intentional that the gap be this long. And there is one downside and I don't know um, uh, how you cope with this. This might be a good one to, to understand because uh, one of the things that, having such a large buffer uh, prevents you from doing, or at least discourages you from doing is acting on breaking news. Mm. So for example, if this afternoon there's some really big piece of news that really needs to get um, uh, talked about or written about and delivered to my audience, I have to do something, right? Um, It's not part of my work of my normal workflow. I know what I would do, but it's unfortunately it also doesn't happen all that often. The kinds of technology issues and questions that we're running in tend to be almost timeless in a lot of ways. But uh, but every so often there are things that really do need people's attention right away. Um, how do you how do you break your um, your flow when something like that happens? Yeah, I mean it doesn't happen that often. But like, well, for instance, next week there's going to be an Apple set of Apple announcements, and I want to do a video that very day. So right. we'll be doing a video, like listening to the announcements, doing a video immediately and putting it out. And I don't, even though I'm a week ahead, I don't schedule things normally. If I'm just, I'm on, you know, normally just at home, <laughs> I, I schedule, like I'll schedule tomorrow's video. I've already done that, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't scheduled uh, since when we're recording here tomorrow is Wednesday. So Wednesday is scheduled. Thursday is not scheduled. I'll schedule Thursday tomorrow. That way, if something does happen and I want to replace Something I've got this tw- only this twenty four hour window, you know where it's like okay. I could be reasonably sure. So that that way, if something did happen, um, I could say, oh, I won't schedule tomorrow's video. Instead, I'll do something new and inject it kind of in you know before this other content I've got going on. Um, so I can plan for it. I can yep. inject. I, I can you know I mean worst case I have done it in the past where something I'm trying to remember what it was uh, some big announcement that was a surprise and I had already put out a video at nine a.m. And then there was like a surprise, like Apple announced a bunch of new things and it wasn't a, you know, wasn't a special event, but they threw these new Macs out there. And then I did a video just that afternoon and I just, I put it out right away and I counted it as the next day. So I had basically two videos on one day and nothing on the next day. And, you know, if I'm on vacation or something, I really can't do it. Then I won't. I've had, I've had uh, in the past, I've been away and I have done special episodes covering some news. Um, and I've also gone the other way and said, there's just no way. I mean, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not CNN here. You know, there are plenty of places you can go to read about the new Apple thing. I wish I could tell you about it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll write a post about it somewhere or tweet about it, but I just, yeah, I'm not going to, it's going to be too much effort to actually do this one thing. And I know that it's disappointing in that one day. But after a couple more days go by, it won't make any difference. And, and you know, six months from now, nobody's going to remember that I didn't do, you know, I didn't cover that. So true. IMAX. Yep. So, yep. you know, you know, I try to be a little forgiving. But the article you did that shows people how to do something real or fix yeah. a problem is something that will last on much longer than breaking news. It's right. interesting because one of the, I've never, ever really seen myself as producing um, a news site. 
right? I'm yeah. not trying to stay on top of the news. And Lord knows there are plenty of sites out there that are tracking uh, the PC industry news, technology news uh, at a much higher clip than I could ever, ever uh, hope to address. But on the other hand, actually providing solutions um, and education is something that uh, there aren't quite as many of. And I think that's one of the things that you and I both really bring to the table that differentiates us from from a lot of what else is out there on the web. I did want to point out one of the differences between us. You're doing everything completely single-handedly. Is that true? You do not have any, yes. any assistant or anything like that? Uh, besides uh, transcription, uh, it's all me. Well, that's right. Yes. And you have your special transcriptionist. Got it. Yes. Um, the... Um, in my case, I actually have a couple of assistants who help with the day-to-day. -day. The big one, um, and that, that really applies to the stuff we're talking about today, is, of course, Connie, uh, who also coincidentally is the uh, the editor, the audio editor for the TEH podcast and actually does the actual publish of the podcast onto the website. She and I basically spend most of our day uh, in a spreadsheet where I have all of these things scheduled out for the next three weeks. So when I said 29th September, literally, I'm looking at a spreadsheet here on my screen that has 29th September with the name of the article and the article ID and all that kind of stuff. And then some status information about who's done what to the article yet. So scheduling for me is not necessarily, from, for me personally, isn't a uh, click a schedule button in WordPress or click a schedule button in uh, in YouTube. It's throw it in the spreadsheet and have a data sign to it. And then uh, Connie comes along and does the magic. I also don't edit the majority of my videos anymore. She's now also my video mm. editor, which means that I can, I, I dump... <laughs> <laughs> she'll laugh, but I dump crap in her lap and she turns it into gold, right? I mean, I, it's, as you can imagine, a lot of these things are uh, lots of starts and stops, lots, lots of, I didn't mean to say it that way, um, a, lot of, a lot of random things as you're recording. And I'm sure you have the same thing. You just sort of cut them out, you edit them out and, and do that. Oh, yeah. And that's, she gets to see the sausage before it gets made, right? She understands how, how this comes together because she's the one doing it. So um, the, what I, she makes me look better, <laughs> like I'm speaking better than I actually do. The other one is I actually do have an editor, a true editor. Since my primary medium is written with video as a secondary, um, I actually have someone who, as I uh, write these articles in WordPress and uh, you know save them in draft form or sometimes scheduled form, she comes along and is another check mark in the spreadsheet that comes along and makes sure that uh, you know all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and I'm using the correct version of two and I don't use it it's with an apostrophe in the wrong place. All those kinds of things. That's Mary Beth. She's been with me for several years, so I definitely have help doing this kind of stuff. Uh, that um, that I know you're just you're just you know you're you're Atlas with the weight of the world on your shoulders doing the whole thing yourself. <laughs> I know a lot of YouTubers uh, do have an editor uh, for their videos, um, so they do you know, and I I divide the tasks up the same way. Like I do my shooting of you know everything, and then I go into editing mode. Right. And um, so I could actually divide it up and say, oh, I'm done, hand it off to the editor. Uh, I kind of enjoy editing. It's it, it's a love hate thing. There's yes. some days I enjoy it more than others, yep. uh, but it's not the kind of thing where I hate it every day. So let me go and, and offload this to somebody else. Cause I kind of like it most days. 
So, you know, my, my approach is one about time. Um, I'm literally buying time. Uh, I actually enjoy editing. Um, I've, I do some, uh, editing and videoing for, again, the nonprofit that I volunteer for. And that's actually a lot of fun. I'm doing some creative stuff in there and making things look good. So I understand, um, and enjoy the process. But when it comes down to my own articles, it takes me a lot less time to record the raw footage than it does to actually produce the final video. And that's the kind of thing that I find I can uh, comfortably hand off and, and feel confident that, that the results right. are going to be, are going to be good. It actually does lead us into another, um, another aspect of what it is that, uh, you know, makes the, the content generation of the last 18 years interesting. Uh, I've, I commented before that there's, you know, there's no shortage of questions about technology, no shortage of questions of, of people needing help. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because something's always changing. We're always doing new things. We're always learning new things. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that just attracts me to this industry. But the fact that we're always learning new things, the fact that we're trying new things, the fact that I get to play with new things um, is really motivating to me to keep doing this and to do it as much as I do. I assume that, you know, especially with the way the Apple keeps putting out product, uh, the same is especially true for you. Yeah, I definitely, I, you know, it's every year Apple comes out with a new version of the operating system and a new version of their other operating systems and there's new hardware and there's new things to talk about. Uh, there's also new interests people have, like some of the things I talk about today, you could have done in the past, but nobody seemed to be interested in them. And now they are. Um, and things I talk about in the past, now people don't even, you know, ever discuss. It's like, it's automatic. It's part of software or whatever. Right, right. So it's, it is definitely, uh, you know, things do change. It's not the same old thing. Um, also, you know, I, I think the style, what I'm doing, I mean, maybe this is more of a video thing than a writing thing. But like, you know, my style of making videos has changed and there are many more ways I could change it. So I don't have to keep producing the videos the same way I do now. I could actually, you know, try different things. I I do these jump cuts now that I never did years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, the videos have been much longer in the last year than they were in previous years. Um, And I, I could see going, I'm trying to actually trend them shorter right now. So, you know, just kind of updating my style all the time Mm -hmm. to keep Mm -hmm. things fresh for me and to keep things like fresh for, you know, the viewers too, the, the way YouTubers produce videos now. I mean, a lot of these videos, you would, you could, you took them 20 years ago and showed somebody they, the style is so different, you know, people wouldn't know what they're watching. Right. Why is it jumping all over the place? And why is it showing this? And why is it, you know, doing that? So, um, so yeah, so that keeps things fresh. Um, you know, I'm always always looking to, I'm with the, uh, I mentioned the office move last week. I'm in a temporary office right now for the next few months, but each time mm-hmm. different camera setup, different lighting setup. I've got multiple cameras this time. You I don't, you saw the video that I, I did of, of things last week, um, but it's true for writing as well. One of the things that keeps changing underneath us both is, uh, are the outside algorithms like Google's SEO algorithm, search uh, mm-hmm. optimization. Yes. And I have, continued to try to refine the structure of articles to uh, both be as SEO friendly as they possibly can so that I get the most love I can possibly garner from Google. As a side effect, I mean, there are many ways to approach that particular problem, but the best way to approach it is to make the article as useful as possible to the individual who comes along looking for an answer. 
And that's actually done a couple of different things to the very structure of the articles. I now you know, start with a summary uh, that actually includes the article. On one hand, it's, it's one of those things where, you know what, people could hit that page, look at the summary, and then bounce away without reading the article. On one hand, is that a bad thing? Kind of, maybe, but they got their answer. Right, mm, they actually yes. they what they walked away with a good feeling. If they're interested in more detail, then they keep paging down. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that supposedly is better for uh, how your site is perceived by Google. But perhaps more importantly, it's better for people that are out there desperately searching for an answer to a problem they're facing. Yes, uh, number one thing should always be the actual audience, yep. not the not the algorithm. Well, and, but, but in theory, and that, that's where there's often a mismatch, Google will tell you up and down that their algorithm is all yeah. about user happiness, right? They're looking yeah. at all the factors that, that um, you know, when people visit your website, they use all the information they possibly can to see if that user uh, came away with a positive experience. And obviously, Google has access to more data than you and I do because they can see cross. They can see where that person went next, or you know how soon they did another search, or any of a number of different things. But uh, just keeping that in in mind, that uh, by serving your reader better, you will probably end up serving Google or giving Google the idea that you're doing a better job and therefore worthy of showing up in the search results. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, and that that kind of feeds into my next thing, which mm-hmm. you know, it, it, as we're kind of giving out tips here into how to like sure. how to produce lots of content, how to be consistent, and and, and have longevity in content production. Um, and a big thing for me, and you'll find this, a lot of people say this, is don't let you know perfect be the enemy of good. Yes. You know, go for, you know, your your job is to produce good content. Your job is not to produce perfect content because if that was your job, you'll never actually finish. Right. Right. And so sometimes that means, you know, if I did, you know, if I'm looking, if I'm editing and I look at something and I say, oh, I could do better if I gave it another take and saying, no, I'm not going to give it another take. Right. I need to move on. That section's done. I need to c- continue moving on with my editing. Um, and when I finish, I'm never 100% happy with the product. Hell, I'm probably not 50% happy with the product a lot of the time. But I have to go and say, is it good? Not is it perfect or is it great or is it amazing? I mean, sometimes I'm, I do think, hey, this turned out great. But a lot of the times I'm like, yeah, it's good. And I've been working on it all day. I'm done. Um, what I what I find is that um, I will often come to the end of a video that I've recorded or the end of an article that I've written, and I'll get to that point where you know, yep, I'm done. Um, it's good, certainly good enough. Uh, it answers the questions. It does. It serves the need. Uh, and then, for whatever reason, some time later, be it weeks or months, I'll find myself looking at that article or watching that video again myself. So you know what? That wasn't half bad. <laughs> Right. I mean, there's there's a a perspective that the distance of time sometimes gives you that, uh, you know, good enough. Often it really is good enough, even better than you think. I have had that experience, too, where I've I've been more pleased with it uh, weeks afterwards than I was immediately after finishing the content. Yep. So. Um, and especially sometimes I'll, when I start to get, when I notice I'm getting good feedback from uh, something, not the day after, but mm-hmm. weeks or months later, I'm yes. still getting good feedback. Then I'll go back and look at it and say, huh, what do you know? That That is pretty a pretty good video I did. <laughs> whoever whoever did that video, he did a good job. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was a, a pretty good one. Um, 
uh, say another thing I do is I'm always optimizing. I'm this is like I consider myself to be a king of optimization. So I'm always looking at okay, let's see, the week's over, the month's over, whatever it is. And what was slowing me down? You know, was it, uh, you know, I've got this, the microphone setup's getting a little complex now and let's take up a lot of my time or that new editing technique that I really like. It's really eating away the minutes, you know, as I edit, uh, what is it that's getting in my way? How can I optimize, uh, the process? Is there something I can do to make that faster, you know, set up a template, uh, you know, do something with how my desk is arranged or the lighting's arranged or something like that. Um, to take whatever that is that takes five minutes and make it one minute and just keep going with things like that. So even down to the editing, like I look at the editing techniques just recently, I was always, um, when I'm was actually editing things and putting a background, I have to cut the background in certain parts to, you know, this type of background goes here, this type of background goes there, depending upon what I'm showing. And I would always split the background and, you know, split it on one end, split it on the right end, the left end, and then select the middle part and delete it. And, you know, to cut a hole and say, you know, between this time and this time, that background isn't there. And then I realized, you know, there are shortcuts for beginning and end cuts too, not just cutting it here. So I could actually, if I just put my two fingers here, I can cut and then cut and it cuts that section out. It's like, two steps instead of five steps. Right, right, right. And right. and it seems stupid. And it's like, oh, it's, uh, it saved me a whole two seconds. But it's like, yeah, but I do this a lot. I was going to say, repeat that multiple, yeah. so, multiple hundreds of times. Right. Yeah. So I took the time to basically force myself to use those until they became second nature. And now I'm like, cut, 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 cut. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I've really optimized that um, really well. So tons of things. Always, always be looking for, if I can't, think of something I need to optimize. I try to think harder. <laughs> okay. I must be missing something. There's something I need to, I can optimize that I could have done and it would have shaved off 10 minutes of work this week. Um, so I do that. Uh, and I'll, and this is more of a thing, not, not something I do on a regular basis, but more of advice to people that are like, how do you produce so much content? I tried to do a blog and I only got a few weeks in or or I, I want to write a book and I just can't kind of write enough for it to like, you know, build up into a book or whatever. And I always think about like, what is it that you're doing that's getting in the way and can you just eliminate it? You know, if you're, if you're making YouTube videos and you're like, oh, you know, going out and filming and, you know, outside is just, it's just finding the time to do it. Well, can you eliminate that completely? Can you make what you want to make without going outside and filming? You know, or maybe shooting B-roll on videos. Maybe, oh, that's, it takes so much time. I have this list of B-roll to shoot. I never get around to it. And the next day I know the video doesn't get done. It's like, well, can you just buy the B-roll? Can you find free B-roll? Can you not have it? You know, can you just insert humor instead of a B-roll? You know, something stupid, you know, like a drawing behind you instead of a trees or something, you know, and if whatever, figure out what it is and don't try to figure out like, how can, how can I do this thing that is in my way? Sometimes the answer is how can I totally eliminate that thing that is in my way? And maybe that's fine. And maybe it's better to have that than, you know, having a, uh, having something that's not going to be there at all because you'll never finish it. If, if you're a writer and you want to blog and you think, you know, what gets in my way is all the research. Now I have these ideas, I have to research them and I never get around to finishing the research. I never write the blog post. Well, maybe just write about things you don't need to research. 
you know, right. maybe you stay in more in the lane of like the stuff, you know, or change your topics, or maybe you should just be, you know, writing about something else. I mean, try to eliminate the roadblock. So that's to go back to something so, I said earlier, that's actually one I'm of the reasons. Think, go ahead. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I have um, Connie editing. Uh, just again, it's optimizing. It's, you know, this is, this is a good use of my time, but yes. it's a better use of her time. That would be um, a great example. The editing. Oh, I can't finish the videos because I can't edit. Yep. Like, but you can't quite eliminate editing. Although right. you can. You can find you know, somebody else. Yeah. Well, you, well, you can, you can find somebody else. You could also, you know, say, don't edit. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I, I edit, of course, I, I'm repeating myself many times when I do a video and I yes. end up with like 20 minutes worth of stuff and I edit it down to seven or whatever. And, but if I, I know that if I forced myself to say no editing, like this was going to be a, like a live stream, live broadcast. It would, yep. It would work. And I've done live broadcasts before. Yep. And I know that if I just said, you know what, every day, because I cannot do my videos anymore, the way I'm doing them now, I'm going to do a live stream for 15 minutes every day where I talk about whatever the same subject was that I was going to do a video. It would actually work. It would not be as polished. Mm -hmm. There would be some hurdles to get over. But if I turn the camera on for a live YouTube stream and just did that for 15 minutes, I would actually have something every day, just like I have it now. Well, and I think also you would... (laughs) You'd be building something because that actually leverages or leads to something else that I think a lot of people fail to understand uh, just how valuable it is. And that is, do what's the word? Do something a hundred times before you give up on it. Uh, it's basically do it and keep doing it, and you'll learn so much, right? You'll get yeah. better at it. If if I were to start doing a live stream every 50, you know, 50 minutes every day right now, like you just described, it would suck. It would absolutely <laughs> suck. But a hundred live streams from now, it would suck significantly less. Right. right. And understanding that Delta, understanding how much fun I've been having or not doing it tells you a lot about whether or not that is something worth investing in and continuing to do for the long haul. But it yeah. really does take something like 100 attempts of, of something, 100, uh, 100 practice runs, if you will, to, uh, to, to really understand whether or not it's something that you will be getting better at and something that you even enjoy doing. Uh, Lord knows, I take a look at some of my early videos um, on the Ask Leo uh, YouTube channel, and oh, man, mm. <laughs> do I cringe. But but they got me started, right? I'm, I'm much happier with what I'm doing now, and I hope to continue improving, like you've just said. But it does take that repetition. It does take that practice. And I think that that's something that a lot of people end up giving up too soon on. Right. Exactly. So... So yeah, I think anybody could make content on a consistent, long-term basis. Um, but you know, you got to you got to keep trying. You got to follow some of the you know things we talked about. You have to have reasonable ex- expectations of yourself. Right. Um, and uh, and notice that this entire uh, thing we've talked about, we have not once mentioned the word passion. Right. And I hate that. I, 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 people will say sometimes the very first thing they'll say is, oh, if you want to do that, you got to, you got to follow your passion, do something you're passionate about. Um, it, there's a little bit of truth to it. Yep. You, I would say it's not so much you need to do something you're passionate about. It's just that you should not do something that you're not passionate about. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, you definitely like, I don't want to do that. If I said, you know what, I can make a lot more money. If Mac most was really a show about like stock investing, you know, if I just mm -hmm. talked every day, if I try to read everything about stock investing and talked about stock investing every day and built up a newsletter with all these people that were interested in stock investing, I could probably do really, really well, make a lot more money talking about that, but I don't enjoy that. I don't like that. It's, it's, something that I would, <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't make it this long because I'd be like, you know, not interested enough in it. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be like, you know, your ultimate passion that you, you do it. Just something that has to be something that you like. Something I was going to say passion almost sets too high a bar. It does. Um, but whereas, you know, doing something that you enjoy is a better, perhaps more pragmatic way to approach it. Uh, Lord knows I wouldn't do any of this stuff if I didn't enjoy most of it. And there are yeah. going to be parts of it that we hate, right? Oh, yeah. There are going to be parts of it that just suck. But the balance is in the positive, right? We enjoy playing with the technology. I enjoy playing with the technology. I enjoy learning all sorts of stuff that, um, in a lot of ways, has nothing to do with what Ask Leo looks like on the outside, but is stuff that I use Ask Leo as an excuse to do. Um, I think I described in earlier uh, in an earlier podcast that uh, I moved a or uh, askleo.com from its prior hosting to mm -hmm. Amazon Web Services. Yep. Didn't have to, <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to learn about AWS and what it was all about and how I could use it. And, and the net result has been very positive. I had it, I, but more importantly, I enjoyed doing it. I learned a lot doing it. Um, I have more skills after doing it. And that's the kind of stuff that I think uh, people should be looking at is what what do they enjoy doing? What do they enjoy talking about? What do they enjoy writing about? Like you say, it doesn't have to be the passion of their life, uh, but uh, it, it, it's okay if it is, don't get me wrong, but uh, don't set too high a bar for yourself that you have to do something that is ultimately unattainable because it is such a uh, such a far reach. Exactly. So I think we've uh, we've given some good advice, and we certainly welcome some questions from people about potential content creators. Yeah, obviously yeah. we we both have been creating content for a really long time, and we we talked a little bit about maybe talking about how we uh, how and why we make this happen. Hopefully that was helpful to some folks. And as always, if you've got questions. Yep. You know how to reach us. And if you don't, I'll tell you again at the end of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So what uh, what cool stuff have you discovered this uh, So, so the thing, I'm, I'm going to steal my Ain't It Cool from our former host, occasional guest, Kay. He shared it with yep. us uh, last week. Uh, he It's a, it's a link to uh, an eight terabyte SSD, yeah. which just blows me away of the, the again i mean it's you know it's it's almost a get off my lawn moment because things keep getting you know keep getting smaller and faster <laughs> or bigger and faster or whatever uh and it's just you know i i set myself out as the old guy in the corner get off my lawn because of all these kids and their new ssds but um this is actually gave me ssd envy i have in the machine that i'm using right now a couple of SSDs, but they're only, quote unquote, only one and two terabytes a piece. Uh, and then I've got a five gigabyte hard drive inside the machine, an actual spitting platter hard drive. Uh, 
but uh, the, this was to be expected. And yes, especially for inside your machines, we've both said it before, I'm sure, especially in the PC world, one of the most effective upgrades you can make to your machines these days is to replace a spinning platter hard drive with an SSD. Um, and this is one of those go big or go home moments. Uh, get, you know, the eight terabyte SSD is, uh, is pretty impressive. So anyway, uh, there'll be a link to that uh, out on Amazon in the show notes. Um, I, like I said, it's the biggest one that I know of right now that will fit, um, you know, it's a, it's a, um, a SATA interface. So it's plug and play, uh, with a replacement hard drive, you know, you just pull out your old one, plug in the new one, and all of a sudden it's bigger and faster. Um, anyway, enjoy it. It's uh, like I said, I've, I'm, I'm, if I had a reason, if I could just convince myself that I needed it, um, I might have sprung for it, but, uh, I thought it was cool. Cool. I have a big recommendation to make for a TV show. Oh, have you ever heard of kingdom? I've heard of it. I have not watched it. Amazing. So it's only two seasons and it's on Netflix. It is. Uh, so basically it is Korean. It's a zombie, a series that takes place in 18th century Korea, uh, feudal Korea. <laughs> So it's, you know, uh, swords and, you know, kind of, you know, ain't more, you know, medieval feudal right. type stuff. Right. Uh, you know, there's royal family and noblemen and peasants and villages, and there's a zombie outbreak, like as in <laughs> Walking Dead type zombie outbreak. Um, it is amazing. And the the person that recommended it to me uh, described it great and said it would be great even if there weren't zombies in it, which is is true. The, the storylines aren't all zombie-based. There's a power struggle thing going on there. The zombies themselves, fascinating, far more than some of the more modern zombie shows, you know, ones that take place in modern times. Right. And amazing characters, amazing storytelling. After uh, it was the first two episodes, I was like, Ooh, this is good. After the third episode, I was basically hooked and had to binge <laughs> through the rest because it, it just had so many great moments in it. Um, it's, it, you could do it subtitled or dubbed. It's, it's very nicely dubbed okay. and in English, if you, if you rather not read. Um, oh, and also production quality is off the charts. It's hard to see that sometimes because you're not looking at like modern day or futuristic sci-fi. You're right. looking at like, you know, a lot of times wilderness or castle walls or, you know, you know, stuff like that. But then if you really take a close look, it's like, oh, this is top-notch like movie quality production in every episode. Um, so anyway, Kingdom is, I think it's only six episodes a season, one hour episodes. So it's just two seasons of it. Mm -hmm. It's just fantastic probably my favorite thing maybe that i've seen all year wow so, okay quite yeah, the recommendation blown, blown away by it it's funny you said that you know what was it six episodes per season maybe yeah uh the definition of season definitely varies across the world um, i come yeah. I, i'm of an age where a season was like 30 episodes right yeah. from on, on network television back in the day uh, I don't think even currently most of them do uh, that many episodes. It's like twenty-two or, is you, the standard. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I we were we've been watching another show on uh, the Brokenwood Mysteries. Actually, it's out of um, New Zealand, and there they've got you know like eight seasons. Great, uh, except it's four episodes per season. <laughs> yeah. So, which is a completely different definition of the word. 
Um, and of course, if you literally want a def different word to use, if you're in the UK, of course, they're not seasons, they're series. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, more confusing. But yeah, this is this is interesting in that it's I mean, we're watching a lot of shows now. We just started. We just picked up Acorn as another. Yes, yes another. That's we're watching Brokenwood. Yep. Yeah. So we started watching, and then, you know, some of these series there's like so many, and so so many of them are originals, but a lot of them are like oh, first season, and it's six episodes. Right. You know, right. so you're like, all right, well, you know, but it's a lot of a uh, lot of good, interesting shows. Um, Oh, I almost, I just, I wanted to make another one, but I'll save it for next, the next show. So I, uh, I mentioned uh, My Life is Murder uh, last mm -hmm. week, I think it was. Yeah. And that's on Acorn. Um, that's yep. one, that's one well worth picking up if you're at all a, a that's why we got lizard. Acorn, but we haven't watched it yet because we went right ahead. To <laughs> there watch, we go. Uh, Queen, Queens of Mystery. Ah, another okay. Acorn original, yep. you know, like, oh, that was interesting. We went to that one first and then we're going to we'll do. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so the closest thing to advertising here, of course, is our own self-promotion. Mine this week is how do websites keep passwords secure? It's askleo.com slash 136163. Um, it's an interesting question because what people don't realize, of course, is that if a website is doing security properly, they should not be able to tell you what your password is. Mm. But how do they know when you've typed it incorrectly? That's what this article is all about. And the reason it's important to, to understand, of course, is when you find that you have been part of some large data breach and who hasn't these days, there are a couple of keywords to look for to understand just how seriously you need to take that breach. All right. And uh, I had a video this week that um, people found interesting. Uh, in particular, it was about the history of the Mac keyboard. So things like, what is that weird symbol that's on the command key? Where did that come from? And uh, stuff like that. So uh, I just go through some of these special keys on the Mac keyboard and, and talk about them. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Right. I always, does that, does that symbol have a name? It, well, it is, it is. Yeah. I talk about that in the, in the video. It actually has a name in Swedish. <laughs> um, it is, <laughs> it is a Nordic mapping symbol for yes, a place of interest. So it's sometimes called the place of interest symbol. Um, and it's supposed to look like a, a castle from above. Oh. A little, like castle with four towers and one on each corner. I learned something today. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a whole story behind why that, how that got there on the command, on the command. Excellent. I may have, yeah. I may have to watch that video. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll pretty much wrap us up for this week. Yep. The show notes are at tehpodcast.com slash teh142. As always, if you've got a comment or a question, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the TEH Podcast, or you could leave us a comment on that show notes page. Thanks, as always, for listening. We appreciate it. We will see you here again. Well, maybe not next week, but the week thereafter for sure. Take care. All right. Bye.